All right, brethren, let's turn to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Sometimes there's just some songs I like singing a little better than other ones. And, and if there was a soapbox I got to stand on to tell people about who and what God is, I like this one. <laughs> and I want to get it out of me. And my eyes twitching. And every time I look down, it's blinking, but I don't need to read everything I got in my notes. I know, I know this. I know what I got to tell you. And uh, I was studying this this week. We had our vegetables first. That was the first hour. And now we get to dessert. Last week we had that flip-flop. We had dessert first, didn't we? And so this to me, this may just be for me, and that's all right, you can listen in. But this is the sweet part. Uh, I didn't get past the first verse of this psalm. I looked ahead from Psalm 19 and started reading, or Psalm 18, started reading Psalm 19. I got in that first verse, and I was like, oh, I just couldn't, I couldn't get past it. It just exploded. The heavens declare His glory. When we speak... Of the glory of God. Christ and His majestic glory. You think you're going to hit all the points in 30, 45 minutes? I don't think I'm going to come close to think about scratching the surface. Much less get my hand out to scratch. Well, it's something. Let's read this. We'll read the first 10 verses. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. That means there's not a country, there's not a part of the Congo, there's not a part of the North Pole, South Pole, anywhere in between, or in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, where there's no man and no land, that this voice is not heard. That his glory is not heard. Verse 4. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Now the, the, the gears in the cars kind of change. We shift gears a little bit. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. A writer of old said that two, there were two books in David's library when he read this psalm. We may have heard this, huh? You heard that before? David had two books in his library. He had the book of creation. He could go outside. He spent a lot of time in a cave, didn't he? He'd go outside and look. He could pick out a window. Look out the cave. At nighttime, go outside in one of those dark sky communities. 
That's what Rego Springs is. We saw it sign in. They turn the lights down low, so at nighttime you can see the stars. Go outside and look at the stars. That's a book, and it tells of God's glory. It declares it wherever we are. And he has there beginning in verse 7, the Lord's law. That's his word. All of his words. If he speaks it, it's law. Do you know that? Thou shalt. That's it. It's going to happen. Like we have laws of gravity. We have theories of electricity and other things. We have laws of gravity. If I pick a glass up and let go, it's going to go down. Right? Why? Because he said there's going to be a thing called gravity. And he says it, it's law. Oh, I'd delight it. And we have it here in our hand. We have the book of creation that we you, 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 you sleep in it, you wake in it, you walk in it, you work in it, you do everything outside and inside and air that you walk through, that you breathe, and moisture changes, humidity levels. We have those, don't we? And then we have His, His written Word. What two majestic books, isn't it? Well... As one another old preacher said, it's good to stand on those writers of old and try to on their accomplishments and try to reach a little higher. And I read this, and the first thing that came to mind, there's three books David had. Three books. He's got the book of creation. In these first six verses, it declares Christ is the only potentate. He is the authority. He's the ruler, the creator, the sustainer of all things, of all creatures, of man, of all the weather, of all the rocks. We were coming back on the interstate and we saw them just beautiful mounds. Looks like a quarry of huge stones. They're beautiful. You know, those declare the glory of God. What did he say? Somebody come praising him. And them high minded, hoity toity religious folks said, You need to tell them to be quiet. And he said, Why can't I? He said, If I hush them, these rocks will cry out to me. Didn't he? They declare his glory. All things do. The book of the Bible. The Word of God, the Word of Salvation. Bible means the Book of God. And it declares Christ, the person and work of the Son of God. I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote down Luke 24. Whenever he walked those two of the road to Emmaus, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Christ expounded unto them all the Scriptures, the things concerning Himself. That's what the, the book contains. As soon as I wrote that, I happened to take a break and I read Brother Mahan's article in his bulletin this week. Some of y'all get that too. He said, the word Bible comes from the Latin and Greek word meaning book. The Bible is the book of God. It's God's book about Himself, about His Son, about His great salvation. What other book do we really need? We have the book of creation. That's what we'll look at today. The, we have the book of the written word of God. It's in our hand. And then two, we have the book of providence. Don't we? Can you look back on your life and see what the Lord has done? Have you ever stood still and stopped talking and just seen what the Lord's done in our lives? I talk often. I broke my leg. Lord broke my leg so I'd meet that woman over there. My children know that story. I don't want my leg broke again. <laughs> but I look back and I see His hand and my pride and how mad I got and how depressed I got and all the emotions I went through. Ugh, come feelings come and go. Well, He used every bit of it to call it one of His children to give me four talents in my house. Five. <laughs> we know God is the God of creation. 
that we are the creation of the Lord. That new man in us is His creation. We know He's the God of salvation. Salvation's of the Lord. And we call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. And we know that God rules and reigns and manipulates. I chose my words carefully. He manipulates His creation for His people for His glory. I know that. To the saving of the soul. There's not a molecule that moves that it doesn't do His bidding as He sees fit. If it doesn't, He ain't God. Do you get that? He that rules everything is sovereign over everything. Every dust particle that floats through the air or He ain't. Me and a bunch of dust particles can gang up on him and we can we got a chance of whooping him. He might win, but I got a chance. No. We know that, don't we? And we also know through that providence, we have that book to look back on. That's what Paul was writing in 2 Corinthians. He said, Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or we need, as some others do, epistles of commendation? Do I have to have a letter? Do I have to have a sheepskin on the wall from you or for you? And he said, you are our epistles written in our hearts. I know what the Lord's done with you. I, I see it more than you do. I see growth when there's growth. I see rejoicing when there's rejoicing. People forget, uh, I ain't a computer screen or something. I look you in the eye when I preach to you. I forget that. <laughs> God looks on the heart. Don't we? And as we can look on Him, on His book of providence throughout time, Look, look at what the Lord's done. Look what the Lord's done here. You seen that? We took a picture three years ago. Looks a lot different now, don't it? Look what the Lord's brought in. Look what He's done. That's His promise. We can go back and read that, can't we? <laughs> and rejoice. Is that to our glory? Mm-mm. Just as that book of creation, just as this word, written word He's given us, and just as that book of providence He's writing right before our very eyes as the, the ink's wet. <laughs> look at it. We might smudge it. Don't think on what's going happening today or next week. Look back a year or two. You'll be all right. <laughs> Look what he's brought us. We get to see that written before our very eyes. In Ecclesiastes 12. Let's look over there. This is one of Solomon's. <clears throat> to the right, a few books. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Solomon, the, the wisest man that ever born of Adam. I try to emphasize that every time I say it. We ought to hear him. That's why I say that. And uh, if that one billionaires that it's on the news every five minutes was to come into this room, would you ask them financial advice? This is the wisest man. He's qualified to give it. The Lord said so. <laughs> hear him. If somebody was broke, they're destitute. Would you take advice, financial advice from somebody that's broke? Would you take medical advice from somebody that's just sick all the time and looks like they're about to die? Would you take salvation advice from somebody that ain't saved? <laughs> you ought to raise your children my way. What? No. <laughs> no, it didn't work out. The grandparents always raise, raise the grandkids. That always got me. You did a bang-up job the first time. I don't know what. Listen to this man. This is the wisest one that ever lived. Our natural man, our old flesh, we like lots of books. And there's some profit in it. Don't get me wrong. I read a lot of them. But it can make one weary. There's times I study through the week and I, I'm thankful for old Brother Gill sometimes, but good night, man. It's just, I got to get up and walk around some. Like I can, I'm drowning in words and old English. And that ain't written in my day. That ain't written in my time. He don't see the world through my eyes. 
You don't have the experiences I have. I go out and look out a window. I go for a walk. I sit on a park bench. I, was, I saw Brother Henry sitting on a park bench one time in Central Park, Nashville, on a Saturday. And he had a leather bomber jacket on and went golfing with a button in the front of it. And I'd never seen him in anything other than a suit. And that was, he said, hey, Kevin, how you doing? And I just didn't want to look at him. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> and uh, I said, what you doing? He said, studying some. He's out there feeding birds. Studying a little bit. Learn how to sing to God. These birds do. They got enough sense too. Why won't I? We sat and chatted for a minute. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 8. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. And that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assembly, which are given from one shepherd. Who created this whole world? One shepherd did, didn't he? Christ did. Who, who moved the hand of men to write this book we have in front of us? Christ did. Who rules and reigns in all things in providence? He does. There's one shepherd. One shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. You really want to learn something? Do you really want to get down? I mean, complicated, deep things of God. Here you go. Fear God and keep His commandments. <laughs> For this is the whole duty of man. Believe the Lord, honor Him, fear Him, glorify Him. Kiss the Son, for God shall bring every work into judgment and with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. We see His, we read His Word throughout the day, in the morning, noon or night, sometimes the middle of the night we wake up. We read His Word. And then He shows us to us. He teaches us. He proves His Word to us in providence and in creation. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, isn't it? You put that seed in the ground. A whole lot comes out of it, don't it? We've been trying to grow a tree from seed for a month now. And he's supposed to be prolific growers. I mean, you just think about growing it, and it's supposed to grow 30, 40 feet a year, and you can eat the leaves and the branches and the bark and the roots and everything underneath the sun. It's got seeds. You can eat the seeds too. Can't keep that thing from growing. And I can't get it to grow. And then I got weeds outside. These trees, I don't even know where they come from. It ain't raining three months and they're growing all over the place. There's vines coming out of the concrete. I keep weed whacking them and spraying stuff on them. You listen to me, child of God. What's he proven to me? Life is of, of God. Salvation to the Lord. And where he puts life, you ain't going to snuff it out. And where he chooses not to put life, you ain't going to force it. He showed me. I read his book walking down my sidewalk the other day, tripping over them vines. <laughs> we going to see that. Isn't that precious? Turn over to Romans chapter 1. Mankind's without excuse. They see his book of creation. There was a French general one time. I won't say his name to protect the, the guilty and the innocent alike. A French general during the French Revolution. And he went through there and he said, I'm going to sort you people out. 
I'm going to tear down every church building you have. I'm going to burn every cross you have. I'm going to burn every book you have. And we're going to extinguish your superstitions and this religious ceremony that you're going through. I'm going to snuff it out. And there's this old peasant sitting there. And he said, you going to take down the moon and the sun too? <laughs> you going to snuff out God? Good luck. That might do us some good to have every building we have that we call a worship house. Call a house of God, have it burnt to the ground. We may have to go outside and sit underneath the shade tree. Be a lot easier talking about trees, how the Lord grows a great mighty oak from a little tiny acorn if we're sitting underneath acorn, a, a big acorn, isn't it? <laughs> Might do us good. Man's without excuse because of the Lord's book of creation. Romans 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. It's all around you. You don't see it. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. How? Verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. What invisible things of Him? His glory, His power, His majesty, His sovereignty in all things. Being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. That's why he speaks about the birds. They cry unto him because they're hungry. <laughs> the rocks would cry out to him. They know who he is. His creation knows who it is. Verse 21, Because of that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. That's us in our vain selves. But became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and to creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The Lord gave us oceans. And it, he, <laughs> the mighty oceans. Tsunamis come and take out whole nations or, or cities or anything else, right? And you can't run from it. What does he hold that mighty ocean back with? Sand. <laughs> we pour all the concrete we can, one state over, and can't keep water behind it if we want to, can we? <laughs> he dries it up. How does he hold the oceans in? Sand. He sets their bounds. Now, you think he's going to want to do something? Go stand out and stick your hand up and stop a tornado from coming. Go stop a hurricane. One fellow said, it ain't that the wind's blowing, it's what the wind's blowing. <laughs> Judgment's blowing. Stop it. You can't. We know better. How can we bend God's arm and make Him do what we want Him to do? That's foolish. It's foolish. We think we're wise. We've become fools. Paul's not lying to us, is he? This witness of creation has been around for a long time. Turn over to Job 37. In college, I didn't, I didn't get about kicked out for this one, but it brought some controversy. In Job 38, this is the oldest book we know of. It says, When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. The stars sang. Do you know what we call that in our day? In our wisdom? Because we've evolved for thousands of years. Spectral analysis. That's the analysis of light or sound or other systems of vibration into a spectrum. 
Light emits a sound. We just figured that out. No, Job wrote about it. 5,000 years, 6,000 years ago, a long time ago. 4,000 years ago. Job 37. This is one of my favorite passages. I love to hear someone read a book that knows the author. Me and one of his saints was talking about that this week. I'd love to get somebody that knows God to be recorded reading the Holy Scriptures. Boy, it'd be precious. They know the author. My, every time I read this, I can hear Maurice Montgomery. Like plain as day. Job 37, verse 5. God thundereth marvelously with His voice. Great things doeth He which we cannot comprehend. We cannot comprehend. For He saith to the snow, Be thou on the earth. Likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of His strength. A man says, well, now we know, how, we know where snow comes from. We know there's never been two snowflakes just the same. We know how rain comes. There's evaporation. There's a cycle of things, right? We understand that. Make it happen. You can't. <laughs> he does things we can't comprehend because he says to it, be thou on the ground. Oh, if I could get people walking up down the street to know who they're messing with, who they're snubbing their nose at. This is the Almighty God. Got a creation. There's his book. Read it. Get some vitamin D on you and see what God's done. Verse 7. He sealeth up the hand of every man that all men may know his work when the beasts go into the dens and remain in their places. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind and the cold out of the north. By the breath of God, frost is given and the breadth of the waters is straightened. He breathes and rivers freeze flat. Also by the water he weareth the thick cloud. He scattereth his bright cloud, and it is turned round about by his counsels, that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth. He causeth it to come, whether for correction, or for his land, because he owns it, or for mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and considers the wondrous works of God. Somebody made this place. This didn't just happen. This didn't just sustained by dumb luck. It takes way more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe God. To think it's all just a random bunch of particles smacking together and it just happens to be, keeps going. Instead of an almighty God of heaven and earth said it's so and it was and He sustains it. That's a lot more simple, isn't it? We see these things. What a blessing we have. And He sends all this weather for correction. He turns things the way He sees fit. Or for His land. He made the land. He owns the land. I got a title. I got a deed to a place up the road here. And I say that's my land. I say that's my house. Do I own it? It ain't mine. <laughs> it's His. He owns it. The cattle on a thousand hills are His. He owns it. It's His. And if it's His, that means we're accountable to the one that owns it. But he also sends that for his mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. And I couldn't miss this one, chapter 38. One page there. Job 38, 22. Elihu was getting on Job pretty good. and The Lord spoke to him. And he says here in Job 38, 22, Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the of the hell. I need to hear this. Have you been to my storehouse, 
my warehouse where I keep all of my snow and all of my hail. Verse 23, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war. (laughs) You ever been afraid of going to war? You ever had a battle coming and you was nervous? Have you seen how much hail and snow the Lord has in reserves that He could say be on the earth? Do you think He could have froze that river when Washington crossed it? When He crossed the Delaware? We may not make it. We don't know who the God of war is. (laughs) The man of war. I'll put Job in his place, huh? Chapter 40, verse 1. Moreover, the Lord... Answered Job, showing him just himself in his creation for a few chapters. And said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I'm vile. (laughs) What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. The firmament. That's the, the atmospheres that we have. The heavens declare His glory. Everything that's, that's in our atmosphere around this earth. The covering that we have. We looked at that one went through Genesis, wasn't it? Christ is our covering. This, this heavens that we walk through right now, birds fly and it declares Him. That these trees breathe air from, it declares Him. Doesn't it? Shows His handiwork. Well, what about the heavens that are space? All the stars we navigate by. Go out on a dark, dark night and look up and see the Milky Way. Oh, wow. The sun moving. Through the sky. It's staying. We're circling around in. The, the moon coming around. What a picture for us, isn't it? It declares salvation to the Lord. We're the moon. We're dead. We're empty. We're nothing growing on us. And we're cold. The only thing that warms us up is the sun. We just reflect what He is. We just tell others what He told us. And every time that our light's darken, it's because the world's between us and the sun. Remember when we looked through that? There's a couple chapters back, wasn't it? It declares His work. It shows His glory. That's right, isn't it? I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe is on display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art. Oh, how great Thou art. Do you have to see some spectacular thunderstorm? Go out and look at an ant. How does water even get inside of them things? Some of them's tiny. One bit me the other day that wasn't that big. <laughs> I swelled up. And I was like, how does it even drink water? How great thou art, Lord. How great thou art. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 12. We see His glory in the atmosphere that we have, in that heaven. We see His glory in the stars and the moon. All those beautiful comets out there that's just Happens to be missing us all the time. (laughs) No, He commands them. Go right where He wants them. And we see His glory where He dwells. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. What's the first one? We're walking through it. What's the second one? The one up there where the stars and the moon and all that stuff is. What's the third one? Where God is. Where God is. I knew such a man within the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. He said it's, it's not possible. 
Okay, we can see. You go outside and look at the, the glory of God sustaining this place. Close your shades at night. Make it good and dark. Look at the skies. Turn out the lights and stuff. Look at the skies, how he's moving everything. Comets going through. Oh, you see his glory. That's a foretaste. That's earnest money. That's down payment. When this wicked world's over. This is a sin-cursed earth. Could you imagine what it was like in the garden? <laughs> Can you imagine what tomatoes looked like back in the garden? That's something. But this third heaven, we ain't got words to describe it. Verse 5, 2 Corinthians 12, 5. Of such and one will I glory. I want to go to heaven because heaven's a good place and they got streets of gold. No, 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 no. We learned that back in Genesis 1 and 2 when God created the firmament and the heavens, capital H. This place is a person. And of such a one will I glory. I'll glory in Him, Christ our heaven. Yet of myself will I not glory, but my infirmities. We have a saying that's common practice. Well, they went to glory. When a saint dies, when someone that God shed His blood for, and they know it, and they hear His voice, and they follow Him, when they die, they went to glory. They went to glory. But we think of that as a noun, don't we? That that's a place. There's a place. Christ went to prepare a place for us. But in that place, there's going to be the verb glory. When this, when this old flesh is over and I leave this body of death, I'll glory. I'll go to worship. I'll go to glory. I'll go to sing His praises, to honor Him, to praise Him, and to give all the credit for everything to one person. Every bird that's ever sung a beautiful song, it magnify His name. Lord, You did that. You ever seen a hummingbird? I'm still amazed. We get them all the time. I've never seen that in my life since we moved here. Hummingbirds are amazing. Look what the Lord made. Whoa, it's fabulous. Everything sings His praises, doesn't it? Everything. And more so, the worthless worm, the maggot, that's standing right before you, that He sent His only darling Son, His firstborn, and turned His back on Him. Christ lived. He was born for me. He was lived for me. <laughs> he died and bore my sin. On that wretched cross, that Roman death, for a worm like me. I think a hummingbird's worth way more than me. You know what I mean? And the Lord said, your father knows what you need. Two sparrows are sold for a farthing. You're worth more than them sparrows. I don't see how, but I believe it. What am I going to do? Get uppity? I'm going to glory in Him, the creator of heaven and earth, ain't it? Revelation 19, that book of creation and the book of salvation. Here's the easy way to remember them. Psalm 19, verse 1, Revelation 19, verse 1. Revelation 19, verse 1. After these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, the third heaven, saying, Alleluia, salvation, and glory, and honor, and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are His judgments. For He hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of His servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up. That victory He accomplished, that smoke of burning, rose up forever and ever. 
And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise God. Praise our God, all ye His servants, and ye that fear Him, both small and great. Praise Him. Praise Him. I, I can't enter into that. I understand it. I believe it so. But there'll come a day when I'm without sin, and those that I love, like we looked at the first hour, those that I compel, those that I urge, I do everything within my sphere of influence to, to tell them to seek the Lord while He may be found. If he doesn't, if he's not pleased to save them, and they perish, and that smoke rises up forever, when I am without sin, I'll say what the Lord did's right. Oh, Amen. Praise me, Hallelujah. Glory be to you. I can't understand that now. I still live in this flesh. I man, my heart burns. I'm like Lot. I I linger. I tarry. Oh, I wait. I wait. I can't enter into that, but I know it's so. <laughs> how can I? How can you believe that, Kevin? He said so. I believe him. That's it, isn't it? I don't have any transition for this, but I just want to read it. Okay? Daniel 4. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, that great and mighty king, who was so proud, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. And mine understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion and everlasting dominion. And His kingdom is from generation to generation. His kingdom does not end. It doesn't tarnish. It doesn't get old. And all the inhabitants of earth are reputed as nothing. And He doeth according to His will in the army of heaven. (laughs) Which one? All three of them. And among the inhabitants of this earth, and none can stay His hand or say unto Him, What doest thou? What are you doing? the same time my reason returned unto me and for the glory of my kingdom, this earthly kingdom he was over, mine honor and brightness returned unto me and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me and I was established in my kingdom and excellent majesty was added unto me. He went from walking around on all fours for seven years and eating grass like a goat. His earthly kingdom was restored. He said, that's good for them. I know the Lord now. They might have had some wealthy things before, but now they have a good king. (laughs) I know him. I know something about grace. (laughs) I know something about sacrifice. The Lord's taught me something. It's good for you. That's what he's saying. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor, glory, the king of heaven, the one that rules and reigns it all. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment, those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. I love that last part. He had, and those that walk in pride, those that say that ain't true. Kevin, you're lying. You're mocking me. Am I able to shake it into them? If I am, somebody else can shake it out. But the Lord's able to abase. He's able to bring them down. If He can control all this, <laughs> it's nothing. It's child's play for Him. And, and the, the heavens, we can see the stars and the moon and the sun and all those things. And the heavens above, He's able to abase. Back in our text, Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse 1. This is a song. Do you know that? David wrote this. And, and the church used to sing this. He'd sit in there on his harp and play and they'd sing this. But it's worthy to be sung, isn't it? <laughs> My heart sings it. 
Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. It doesn't stop. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath He set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom, coming out of His chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. This strong man, the, the S-U-N He's talking about is the S-O-N. And He rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. He willingly laid down His life with the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross. What a thought. His going forth is from the end of heaven and His circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. What's not hid from the heat thereof? And what's that? Two quick things. All those that despise Him. All those that reject Him. All those that will not hear Him. They won't support it. They won't tolerate it. They won't have anything to do with it. This mighty God of heaven and earth. They ain't going to escape the heat. Judgment will come. Just as Lot went to those boys and those men out in the city and said, death's coming. Fire's coming. Everything's going to burn with a fervent heat. You ain't going to escape it. But what does the Lord speak to His people? That sword's got two edges on it, don't it? <laughs> His people see these things. His people see Him ruling and reigning in the ladybugs and everything else and the queens of this world and the kings of this world and everything. And we can't hide from the heat thereof. The warmth thereof. You ever just felt cold? Oh, I don't know. What am I going to do? With, oh. And you ag agonize and your eye starts twitching. <laughs> Agony. Go outside and look at a little bird flying around. Well, it's warm, isn't it? We can't hide from the heat thereof. Seeing His... Creation, Him ruling all things, seeing Him in His Word. We got that book of creation out there, and we have this book of His Word, and we look back over providence. If that don't warm your, your, your cold, stony heart, I don't know what will. And if you ain't been abased yet for that to warm you, He's able to abase. And that's what I ask Him to. Amen. All right, Brother Mike.